Roses are red, violets are blue. If I had a radio show, I'd share it with you. Only joking, the early show is mine. This is Fiorella de Maria bringing you the early show all the way from a cold and rainy England. Should I say anything on the programme that strikes a chord, interests you, or, heaven help me, causes you to choke on your alpine muesli, please let me know. As always, our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. It is Love Note Day. Isn't that sweet? It is National Love Note Day in which you're supposed to rediscover the oft-forgotten art of the love letter. So you have to start today by thinking, is there someone in your life who needs a little declaration of love and affection? My son got his first love letter when he was six years old from a little girl who was quite unsuitable, I might add. But this is a very much neglected art and one that it is felt should be rediscovered. It's thought that the love note is one of the oldest written forms. But with the fast pace of our modern lives, it's all slipping away. So... You are encouraged today to walk away from your computer screen, get out your pink scented paper and a fancy fountain pen. Do you still own a fountain pen? Anyone still own a proper fountain pen? And sit somewhere comfortably and write to your sweetheart. You can slip it into your sweetheart's hand or post it, whatever is easiest. If you don't have time, you could always write a loving email, though somehow or other I don't think it's quite the same thing. You could, I don't think I could do this, you could leave little love notes around your house for your loved ones to find, hide them in their gym bag or their lunchbox, stick them to the bathroom mirror. So it's the first thing that they will see or quietly slip it into their pocket when they leave home. And if you don't have a special someone, you could always just send a note to a friend or a family member just saying how much you love them and how much you appreciate them. According to this fount of all trivia here, the oldest surviving Valentine's Day love letter is, in the English language, dates back to 1477. It was written by Marjorie Bruce to her fiancé, John Pasto. There we are. So get scribbling. I'm sad to say I don't think I own a fountain pen anymore. I definitely don't have any scented paper. But, you know, I could just pop out and get something. More to the point. On this day, and somehow I just feel this is so much more, as a kind of antidote to Love Note Day, okay? On this day... In 1346, the English, led by Edward III and his son, the Black Prince, won the Battle of Crecy against Philip VI of France. Now, you might not think this is important because, let's face it, the English and the French have been settling their differences this way for hundreds of years. But it was at this battle 
apparently, that the English first used the gesture of sticking two fingers up as an insult to indicate that they were intended to use their lovely new longbows, which were the tip-top state-of-the-art weapon of the day. I thought that the two-finger sign dated from Agincourt, but it is actually earlier than that because you needed those two fingers in order to fire a longbow. You had to use them to pull the string. So the French, when they captured archers, would chop those two fingers off so they could never pull a bow again. So it was a way of saying, I've still got my fingers and I'm coming to get you, Frenchman. And that is why the English have that peculiar habit. Um, we do do the middle finger. We do flip the finger, unfortunately, um, but also of sticking up two fingers. I think we're the only country in the world that does that. And it is an insult. If your hand is pointing uh, palm inwards, it's an insult. If it's the other way around, it's victory. There we go. Maggie is saying, that sounds like something, this is the, the little the little notes, that's something young or new couples would do. When you've been married a long time, you just say, I love you, or you just know you're loved because you've been fed and have clean clothes, LOL. I don't recall ever leaving love notes around the house for the king dude. I never did that either, Maggie. I don't know. It's not my style at all. I mean, I spend my entire life writing, but I don't know. It just never quite worked for me. It really didn't. Um, I do tell my family I love them all the time. I think it's important. But I think it's important to state it because in a good family, in a happy family, you should know you're loved. And your family should know you love them. But I don't think it ever hurts just to say it. You know, I try to make sure every day that I give my children a hug and say, I love you. It's getting harder to hug the boys. They don't really like it so much. But there we are. Um, and Maggie's saying, I say it all the time. Well, exactly. Um, and I have noticed that's something people do say more often than they used to. I don't remember as a child hearing people saying that, you know, in casual exchange in quite the same way. Whereas it's quite normal now if I hear a mother waving goodbye to her son or daughter, whatever age they are, to say, love you, bye. You know, it's just, it's nice. It's, it's a nice reminder. It's actually important. You know, sometimes children particularly need that reassurance, don't they? So, um, yes, I, I, I'm not sure I'd write the little notes, though I have had some very sweet notes under my door from my children before. And I, I do appreciate that when it happens, I suppose. But yes, two fingers, that's quite a gesture. So now, you know, if you want to, um, if you want to insult someone, but want to sort of look a bit more defiant than insulting, stick two fingers up, don't do one finger, do two. <coughs> On this day, also, in 55 BC, Julius Caesar crossed the English Channel for the invasion of Britain. So it's the anniversary of Britain becoming part of the Roman Empire. Quite an important moment. And we do have some lovely remains to remind us of it but more seriously and rather more um rather more disturbingly it was actually on this day in 2014 that a report was published in this country by rotherham borough council up in the midlands 
showing that at least 1,400 children had been subjected to appalling sexual exploitation between 1997 and 2013. Children as young as 11 were raped by multiple perpetrators, abducted, trafficked to other cities in England, beaten and intimidated. And the Rotherham scandal really, it caused a huge outcry in this country because um, these children were being abused by Asian gangs. And a lot of these, the, the children themselves were white, largely. Um, and a lot of them were under the care of doctors. A lot of them were going to surgeries, to these so-called no-worries family planning clinics for contraception when they were as young as 11 and no questions were being asked about where they were, where they were going, what they were doing, who was abusing them. No questions were asked because the whole point of no worries clinics, and we still have these things. You still see these signs about in family surgeries. We are a no worries clinic. We are no worries surgery. The whole point is that young people don't get asked any questions. It's, it's not for anybody to judge. You just go and get your contraceptive shots or your condoms or your pills and no one asks who the boyfriend is. It was quite right that this inquiry was published and that the full extent of the harm was exposed, but it did not get nearly as much exposure as it should have done. The fact that there were then other councils around the country, including Oxford, that had their own inquiries and discovered that horrors of this nature were happening on their own watch that was not really properly investigated. And there should have been a sea change. There should have been, you know, serious, serious policy changes in terms of safeguarding and particularly the way children were accessing sexual, um, I, I don't even like using the term sexual health clinics because they didn't exactly promote health and, you know, why, you know, questions were being asked, why they were not being looked after, why children as young as 11 were being treated in these clinics without any questions being asked at all. Um, it was, I feel, a missed opportunity to bring about really serious change. But there was at least some room for change. It was just not enough. It's 21 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast, same day from crusademax.com. And we have been talking about National Love Note Day, where you're supposed to write a little message to your beloved and stick it in his hands as he leaves, or hers, before she leaves the house or in her pocket, or leave them scattered about the house. Because um, that's a really nice thing to do in our very busy modern lives. We sometimes forget the beauty of putting pen to paper. Um, though um, Maggie's saying, now I, I did leave little notes some, um, sometimes in our kids' lunch boxes, especially on days they had big exams or tryouts for something. I think that's lovely. I think that's really nice. And they remember that. 
Um, Kaiser saying, if I left a love note to my wife for no obvious reason, I have a strange feeling she might think I was guilty of something or dying. Though I do say I love you often and still open doors for her. You keep opening doors, you know, always be a gentleman to your lady. I think that those are the things as a woman, those, those little acts of consideration and courtesy, they mean so much. Um, Maggie's saying, since the girls have moved out of the house, the King Dude handwrites letters to the girls often. Um, here we go sorry just trying to keep up with the chat room you're all very talkative this morning that's fine keep it up louise is saying the invasion of europe and america by the huddled masses from all over the world has heartbreaking consequences um i, I was referring to the invasion of britain by by the romans um yeah I, i'm 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 a bit lost. I always say yes, because I was also in the first segment talking about, beginning of the first segment, talking about how it's the anniversary of Julius Caesar sailing to Britain for the invasion. Veni, vidi, vici, I came, I saw, I conquered. He was an arrogant so-and-so. It was not that easy. There was a woman called Boudicca who had ideas about the Romans settling in Britain. Oh, Jacqueline saying, lots of rain last night, farm is wet, mosquitoes are brutal. Oh, look after yourselves, spray lots of repellent on, mosquitoes are horrible. Um, Jacqueline saying, speaking of the Romans, apparently, according to a social media post, uh, men think about the Roman Empire quite a lot. It's kind of funny, but every man that we asked confirmed. Really? Um I find it kind of interesting. I mean, I'm fascinated by Roman history as it happens. I'm just interested in classical history more generally. I did classics at school and I'm delighted that one of my children has opted to do classics as one of her school options. But um, I do find it interesting that we are so fascinated by Roman history. Um, I don't know what it is. I suppose it's in terms of epochs uh, of, the, of the world, the fact that it was the time of Christ, the time when everything the moment in history where everything changed maybe that has something to do with it um but why do men think about the roman empire jacqueline i'm as lost as you are i have no idea maybe there's some kind of visceral manliness thing that going on there that i don't know do men secretly want to be able to put on some put on some armor and get in a chariot and and wield the sword and stuff like that. I don't know. Has it got that sort of vibe to it, perhaps, thanks to Gladiator and Ben-Hur um, and all the rest? In fact, most of us probably think of Ben-Hur when we're thinking of the Roman Empire. I don't know, just an idea. Um, can any men out there tell me what is the obsession with the Roman Empire? Oh, sorry, Louise. I, I couldn't understand where that was coming from. You talk about the, the children who were exploited. Um, did I hear it incorrectly? Maybe. No, you you heard it completely right. Sorry. I, um, because as always in the early show, we, we, I always have about three or four different subjects going at the same time. I get a bit confused at times. Yes. Um, the well, the tragedy really with 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 Rotherham. Um, the Asian gangs picked on white children because they didn't regard them as as valuable. Basically, they didn't um, and. They didn't seem to think that the sexual exploitation of them was as much of an issue. They would not have done that to their own, um, partly because if they had, uh, there would have been consequences. Um, there was a combination of an unwillingness to, well, there was an unwillingness for the police to investigate, uh, but there was also an assumption made about those girls from both sides 
from the groomers and the gangs, there was an assumption that they were cheap little tarts who, you know, it was perfectly fine to violate and mistreat. But from the sexual health professionals, spoken with every every tone of irony, there was also an assumption that they were just kids being kids. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't young people larking about. They were children being abused and exploited. They were frightened. Uh, and they, they had nowhere to turn to. So they were discriminated against from both sides. Um, Dr. Torres, good morning, dumplings. It's National Dumpling Day. And no, not those flavorless Chinese dumplings. It's all about the South American, Southern American comfort food. Chicken and dumplings. Mm-mm. It's Dumplings Day? Um, dump, is it really National Dumpling Day? It is National Dumpling Day. Oh, good grief. Um, no, we, we call dumplings, what I understand to be a dumpling is I think what in the States you call a dumpling. It's a sort of gloriously stodgy little white ball in a, in a stew or something like that. Very, very naughty, very fattening, probably terribly bad for you. Lots of suets, lots of flour, but, oh, do you know, I really do like them. Though I'm very fond of Chinese dumplings. I don't think they're flavourless at all. Where did you get that from? A Chinese friend introduced me to Chinese dumplings. There's a little Chinese deli just down the road from me. And I must say, I do like them. Um, Dr Torres... Are you a flat dumpling person or a ball-shaped dumpling? Definitely ball-shaped. I didn't even know they came flat, Dr. Torres. This is this is a, a novelty to me. Flat dumplings. Um, there we are. Chinese dumplings. National Dumpling Day. I still think love notes is a better thing to celebrate. Kaiser, you're having you're having dumplings for breakfast. Chicken and dumplings. Yay! Yes, this is my idea of comfort food. Um, it's it tends to be we tend to have um, dumplings with beef stew over here i really do associate that with a winter's night you know and it's really cold um the king dude is national pancake day i would like one blueberry one chocolate chip pancake with fresh maple syrup and real softened butter um <clears throat> though uh, maggie is a flat dumpling in chicken in dumplings i yes i'm astonished that you can get such things as flat dumplings they just look as if they've been stepped on and king dude you are right it is also national pancake day <sighs> here we go we're going to be talking food this is fine food rather than the rotherham scandal any day right i've seen your order has has your wife seen your order King dude, I'm guessing you, that, that's what you're expecting is she's going to cook them for you. Louise likes flat dumplings. Dr. Torres likes flat dumplings. Okay, I'm in a minority here. I like little round ball-shaped dumplings. Maggie's saying the round dumplings are too doughy. Fight, fight, fight. Round or, round or flat. Round or flat. Right. I like them being a little bit stodgy, I have to say. Um, oh. Jacqueline saying, my issue is I have, I have with mosquitoes. I have to wear a headlamp in order to get all my chores done in the morning because it's pitch black and the mosquitoes love the light. I got a bug in my eye this morning. Oh, Jacqueline, could you, could you wear something like a net like beekeepers wear? Or I'm probably being daft as usual. Um, coming, up, coming up with crazy ideas. More pictures of dumplings. Those are flat dumplings, are they? Mm. The king dude is saying, you know, Maggie hates pancakes and doesn't make them. I do. You don't like pancakes. Is there any, right, I found the one person in the whole world who doesn't like pancakes. 
Um, okay, that's how dumplings are supposed to look. Flat and square shaped. Uh, I don't know. I, they don't look like dumplings. They look like small potatoes. The King Dude is informing me. I have a, a recipe inspired by Saint Padre Pio, flying monk, flying monk pancakes. Really, Padre Pio made pancakes. Okay, I've seen everything now. Maggie saying, "No, I do not like pancakes. I prefer French toast." Ah, I think French toast is what um, over here we'd uh, I, well, I would know as pan perdu. Um, because we had a French au pair and she used to make it all the time and it was absolutely delicious. So it's bread fried in, in a mixture of egg with a little bit of cinnamon and nutmeg. It was really, really nice. Um, Dr. Torres is saying my favourite pancake restaurant is the original Pancake House in Upper Midwest Beverly Hills and Chicago. Um, Louise says I like corn cakes. Never had corn cakes. Are they worth a try? Um, Denise, I'm like both Maggie with real maple syrup, of course. Kaiser is asking a serious question here, Dr. Torres. You aren't that guy that uses prefab frozen dumplings, are you? Dear, oh dear. Pre-made frozen food on this show? In this chat room? Surely not. Right. I knew food would get everybody arguing. This is just wonderful. Well, I am a great fan of pancakes. We always have pancakes on Sunday morning. After mass... We come home and how I make huge numbers, a massive stack of pancakes for all the family. And we cover the kitchen table in jars of jam and syrup and all the rest and lemon juice and sugar, everything you could possibly want to put on your pancakes. Golden syrup, maple syrup, honey, you name it, it's there. And if we're lucky, some friends will come home with us from mass and join in with the pancakes. It's a really lovely Sunday treat. Oh, gosh. Um, what's this? Jacqueline saying my grandmother used to make German pancakes with her kind, um, kind of like crepes. We used to cut them up and put them in potatoes. Sour uh, soup-like dumplings. So good combination. Okay. Um, that's interesting. I, I didn't know what German pancakes were like. Dr. Torres, no, I like a little salt and pepper and Cajun seasoning mixed into my dough. Now I'm really lost. Uh, I can't quite. A little bit of salt, maybe. Maggie, this is just, this is French toast, isn't it? This is really delicious. I mean, who could pass this up? No one. I definitely couldn't. Definitely couldn't walk away from a table with that beautiful sight on it. Louise is saying corn cakes with caro syrup and monarch molasses or monarch molasses. Right, I will have to look all of that up because I have no idea what it even looks like. Anyway, as always, we started the show talking about National Love Letter Day and we have ended the segment talking about pancakes and dumplings. Are you a flat dumpling person or are you a ball-shaped dumpling person? I need to know. We all need to know. Be thinking about the big questions while we go to the ad break. You are listening to The Early Show. Our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Talk to me. Join the conversation. We will continue in a few minutes here in the Crusade Channel 
Life Talk Radio, the way it should be. and insomniacs and those of you catching the show's rebroadcast at midday for those of you just joining us you are listening to the early show with your hostess from across the pond Fiorella de Maria our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723 that's 844-527-8723 and the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat do talk to me do join the conversation what oh what was that abomination i've just been listening to as you enjoy a really hearty breakfast as the cold weather starts to creep in something involving dumplings flat or round or possibly pancakes in fact why not pancakes since it is national pancake day i need to know what that music was that was really awful was that that was straight out of the 1950s wasn't it there we go I don't have anything against the 1950s, by the way. Let me just say that straight away. If you've missed the first segment, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast, same day from crusademax.com. And we have been talking about, in no particular order, National Love Note Day. It's the day when you can rediscover the beautiful art of writing the love letter. Write a love letter and leave it on your beloved's pillow or in their pocket or i don't know what the thing is about bathroom mirrors just don't bother um something like that on scented paper a few people in the chat room have worried that if they actually did this their wife would think they they were up to something or dying Um, but you could at least just tell the people you love that you love them you don't have to write a note. It's a rather nice idea. Moving on, I was talking about various points in history and the anniversary of the report into the Rotherham scandal, where children as young as 11 here in Britain were sexually abused, abducted, trafficked, beaten and intimidated by Asian grooming gangs. Moving on from that, though, the cause of greatest controversy this morning has been, how do you take your dumplings? It is National Dumpling Day. Do you take them round or do you take them flat? I think they should be round myself. I'm a round dumpling believer. Um, But it's also pancake day. So 
Send in your pictures of pancakes. Send in your recipes. What is the best topping for a pancake? Sugar and lemon juice. Let me get the ball rolling on that one. I always love the way, no matter how controversial or distressing or complicated the story is, we almost always end up talking about food. And that's what really gets the chat room going. Dumplings, pancakes, yes. Um, Jeffy Mann. Oh, yes. Jacqueline asked the question because it's also today the anniversary. Uh, it's two anniversaries in Britain. One is the first time... Um, in, on this day in 1346, it was the first time an Englishman stuck two fingers up as an insult. It was at the Battle of Crissy, where Edward III and his son, the Black Prince, led the English um, against Philip VI of France to victory. They were using their wonderful superior longbows, so they stuck two fingers up at the French to say, <laughs> we're coming to get you with our horrible longbows, you're all going to die. But it's also the anniversary in 55 BC of Julius Caesar crossing the English Channel for his invasion of Britain. Um, I love classics, love classical history. I grew up near various Roman monuments, Aquae Sulis, the Roman baths, um, Fishbourne Roman Palace. There were some incredible sites that there still are that you can go and visit. If we ever have the, the Crusade Channel pilgrimage to Britain, we will go to the Roman baths. They are just incredible. They're so beautifully preserved. Uh, but... As a result of talking about this, Jacqueline mentioned that apparently men are obsessed with the Roman Empire. Um, there's generally quite an obsession with this particular period in history, but men seem to be especially fascinated. And Jeffy Mann is writing in the chat room, while I was in the Marine Corps, I became fascinated by the Roman Empire. Probably didn't help that I had read The First Man in Rome. I loved the architecture, the clothing, the grand, overblown ambitions. There is something about it, isn't it, about Roman times? Everything's big. Everything's huge, big palaces, big gymnasiums, you know, amphitheatres, theatres, you name it. Um, and interspersed with our discussion about the Roman Empire, the King Dude. Is it four-week Louise? You've never had cage syrup until you've had steens made right here in Louisiana with fresh sugar cane. Okay, so I have it on good authority that... The best syrup to get is Steen's. Okay. Um, Foghorn, I see we've already started on the food. Yes, I know. It, never, it gets earlier and earlier, doesn't it? Um, Kaiser, for me, it was the... Oh, back to empires. The Macedonian Empire and Carthage. Thanks for having read a lot about Alexander and Hannibal, respectively. There is a theory... It is just a theory, but there is a theory that Hannibal was Maltese. I know he's supposed to be Phoenician, but that he might actually have been Maltese. Jacqueline, pancakes. Yes, pancakes in the chat room. Come and look at these pancakes. Yes, I'd share them with you if I could. Um, Louise, all right, is going to, to have a go at Steen's syrup. Okay, is Steen's a sponsor by any chance? Um, I also like the King Poti. What is that? Um... Oh, those are German pancakes. Jacqueline, they look very like the pancakes I make. That's interesting. Um, Kaiser saying, it's amazing we still use many of the same formations that those two developed centuries ago. Um, the King Dude, it was the Mar... What is this? Oh, that, that thing that you played. It was the Marvelettes 
Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. A song about love letters from the 60s, Louise. Sorry, it was the 60s, not the 50s. Okay. So, in fact, it was very, very um, apt for this morning. I didn't, I, I kept sitting there listening, thinking, What's, what are they saying? I was trying to work out what the words were so I would understand what it was about. But was it just me, or is it impossible to understand what they're saying? Um, Oh, Jacqueline's saying with the pancake, German pancakes, you slice them into noodles, dumplings, and put them in a soup. Oh, that's completely different, isn't it? That's, it's a very, very different way of eating them. Um, Denise M saying, as a high school freshman, I was required to take ancient history. I don't remember any of it. That was in 67, 68. Oh, we, we learn a lot about Roman history here because, in fact, it did have a huge um, influence on the development of Britain. You know, besides the fact that we've got all these ruins everywhere um londinium and all, all, I mean, there, there are cities besides london of course there are cities here in britain that have been settled since roman times bath spa um colchester um places like king cogadubnus's house you know that there, there are so many saint albans um and it it was it's been hugely influential and of course we all learned the story of Boudicca the great woman warrior who defied an empire and, and had to had got horribly defeated and committed suicide. But anyway, she was she was a great heroine. So, you know, we did learn a lot of Roman history because it was so much part of our own heritage. And in fact, Malta has its own unique take on Roman history because we have a Roman villa, which you can go and visit. You can also, if you go to Malta, go to Publius's house. Publia was the governor when St. Paul floated up to the Maltese islands after his shipwreck. Paul converted Publius and uh, Publius, it, the story the story goes then, was thrown later to the lions. And in fact, if you go to Publius's house, there is an etching of a lion, which I think is in rather poor taste, but they, they seem to be a lot more um, relaxed about their images of martyrdom at the time. You can see uh, in Malta, you can see Roman catacombs, you can go to St. Paul's Bay, to the cave, which it is believed was the cave St. Paul and the others sheltered in when they arrived in Malta and lit the famous fire with the snake. So there was plenty of Roman history in Malta as well. Um, Kaiser saying, my kids like to joke that I'm pretty good with ancient history because I was there to see it firsthand. I tell you what, I was asked if I'd ever met Shakespeare by one of my tutees once and He's actually too sweet and too guileless to have said that to be facetious. He genuinely thought I was there. Um, Ross, uh, Kaiser, I was looking back in the chat room, saw your post to me. I was shocked to see someone else in the room that early. Good morning, sir. I get some, I, I'd like to flatter myself that I'm causing some of you to get up early, but it's good to see all these people signing in at a very, very early hour for you. Oh, Kaiser had an early start today. Um, Jeffrey Mann, an interesting time back then. Oh, I see. P-O-T. Okay, it's, it's a Puerto Rican. Oh, okay, okay, right. Gotcha. There you see my daily language lesson coming straight from the chat room. So, yes, we have... I've no idea what national situational awareness is, so I'm just going to pass on that one. But I have time now, I think, to... Um, oh, it's a folksy corruption. Okay, that's good. Um, I have... Um, 
actually let me let me um postpone my really serious story for a little bit longer because everything is quite relaxed this morning in the chat room um Dr. Torres, Torres, the big belly, approves of many foods. Yes, yesterday, just in case, I can't think of what you would have done, but just in case you missed the show yesterday, we were remembering Herman the Lame, who was the author of the Salve Regina, and it was commented upon that it was a rather unflattering name. He was Herman the Lame, he was Herman the Cripple, but at the time, people did give these very direct nicknames, and some of the nicknames for kings and queens in Europe were pretty uh, unflattering. Alfonso the Slobberer, Henry the Impotent, Juana the Mad. You know, um, I don't think it's such a bad thing to be very clear about where somebody's coming from. And so I asked people to imagine what their own nickname would be. I think Torres the Big Bellied is quite fun. I think that's more, I think that's better than Torres the Fat. I don't know, it's got a certain je ne sais quoi to it. Um, Oh, the king dude, Philip the Fair, who executed Hugh de Payen and the Templars. Oh, yes, there, there were some... Um, well, the problem is, with a lot of these titles, king dude, they bear very little relevance, I mean, resemblance to what the person was actually like. You've got Good Queen Bess, who was a monstrous, psychopathic mass murderer. Elizabeth I was not good in any sense of the word, Good Queen Bess. And then you have Bloody Mary. You have Bluff King Hal. Henry VIII, again, another monstrous psychopathic ma mass murderer. I mean, there was actually something wrong with him. They, they think he got a brain injury after a jousting match went wrong. Um, so, yes, you can't take it terribly seriously. But um, Geoffrey the Bearded was a tyrant, too. I don't know who Geoffrey the Bearded was, King Dude. Um, so uh, uh, I was just... It was on the tip of my tongue. I think the Russians do it pretty well. Ivan the Terrible. Yes, um... I don't know, Peter the Great. No, they, they, they had a bit of a mixture too. Hang on a second. Sorry. I'm um, I'm lost in the I'm lost in the chat room as always. You could get very lost in this chat room. Kaiser saying it was interesting seeing the reading list when my kids got to college. They had very few required books on either Alexander or Hannibal. Most of the reading list these days is rated psychology or feeling. Yeah. Apparently, the modern thinking is that history started 20 minutes before the end of World War Two. Do you know, it drives me crazy, um, the complete lack of any interest in history. My children, we, we have exactly the same problem. When they're in primary school, they do learn fairly diverse history. They learn Roman history, Egyptian history, and, you know, the ancient Egyptians is always very popular. Um, they learn about the Greeks. Then when they get to secondary school, it always seems to be 20th century history. It's either the Tudors and Stuarts, which is so overstudied in this country. It was a disaster for Britain. Frank, the Tudor dynasty just should not have happened. Um, or it's the First and Second World Wars and things like, you know, the rise of you know, the Weimar Republic and the rise of Hitler and whatever. Very, very little of, say, medieval history or Anglo-Saxon history. I mean, we have such an ancient heritage going back millennia, and we only ever teach a tiny little part of it. Um, I would love my children to have learned more about the medieval period, more about, say, um, the Stuarts and the, um, the Restoration. Uh, that period was so important, the Civil War. You know, it tells us so much about why we, in fact, have a monarchy today, because we had an experiment in republicanism, 
centuries ago and long before most other people had a go and it didn't work terribly well. Uh, there's there's just so much I would love them to study. And I mean, Edward III, fascinating period. But yes, let's just talk about the causes of the Second World War. Um uh, here we go. Sorry. Uh, King Dude is pointing out today is the Solemnity of the North American Martyrs, St. John de Brebeuf, Isaac Jogues and Companions. Yes, I, I heard your, your spiel about them before. I had no idea. Um, this is going to be really annoying to Mike, I suspect, but the film The Mission is at a similar period to when those martyrs were. Just asking, right? I shall just throw that in there. Um, Dr. Torres, I like Mike the Loud, I liked, or Mike the Verbose. I still think Mike the Loud is funny. Um, he always comes with the most, um, as a talk show host, okay, hang on a second. Mike the Verbose, he always comes with the most as a talk show host who lives near the Gulf Coast. I think I wrapped that pretty well. Um, Kaiser, say, uh, were you a rapper? Yeah. It, that, that sounds like something a rapper would write, you know. Um, no, just a clown. Ha uh ha. -huh. Okay. Very witty, Dr. Torres. I think that was really funny. In fact, maybe we can get, maybe we can get Mike to rap it. I think, it, I don't know his voice would be better. I, I don't think I've got a rap, a rapster's voice somehow. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be challenging Eminem to his crown anytime soon. Well, talking about how, you know, Men apparently love talking about the Roman Empire because it makes them feel macho and manly and they imagine themselves gladiators out there with their sword and trident or on their chariots or whatever. Um, I think this particular man on Sky News may have been reading too much Roman history. A man has been arrested in London after free climbing London's cheese grater skyscraper it is london's sixth tallest structure bystanders looked on as the man clambered up with no safety ropes um bystanders filmed him and it was a well it was a 225 meter climb the police were waiting for him on the roof and arrested him Chief Inspector Tom Fisher said a man has been arrested for aggravated trespass after climbing up the Leadenhall building in the city. We were called at 9.06 and quickly put a cordon in place. He was met on the roof by police officers and taken into custody. Oh, well, back in June, a British man was arrested halfway up the world's fifth tallest building in South Korea. He didn't even get to the top. They appeared at a window on the 73rd floor and he was forced into one of those maintenance cradles. I can't help feeling that the sort of person, um, the sort of person who feels the urge to free climb up the side of a skyscraper has got to have a testosterone problem. I don't know. I can't think of any other reason why a man, it's always a man would do that. Um, here we go. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jeffy Mann saying it's a little concerning how poor military history is these days, let alone a study of the politics and strategies of the time. In fairness, World War One and World War Two were pretty big affairs. Yeah, they're seriously important. I don't deny they're very, very important. Um, however, I also think you, you can't really learn about the First and Second World Wars 
unless you've learned about what happened before. You know, they didn't just happen. You know, that there was hundreds of years of history leading up to those moments. Um, the king dude is pointing out, if you knew what the Romans circa 33 AD did for sexual entertainment, there was nothing glorious or masculine about it. Uh, yes, uh, but a point uh, taken. And uh, yes, moving swiftly on, just don't really want to think about it. But on the subject of a man climbing a skyscraper, what, in your opinion, is the weirdest hobby? I mean, to me, the idea of thinking, oh, look, a really tall building. I think I'll climb up it and risk breaking my neck for absolutely no good reason. That seems to me to be the silliest hobby on the planet. Can anyone think of something sillier that they know actually happens? So don't make don't make up a hobby. Is there any hobby you know of that your friend does or whatever that you think is absolutely outrageously silly? It is two minutes past the hour. You are listening to the early show with your hostess from across the pond, Fiorella de Maria. If you have missed the show so far, never fear, you can get the whole of the early show as a podcast, same day, from crusademax.com. We have been talking about, in no particular order, National Love Note Day. Write a little letter to your beloved and place it somewhere they can find it. National Dumpling Day, round or flat. Come on, I need an answer. We need to settle this. National Pancake Day. Well, we all love pancakes, except for Maggie, who prefers French toast. The anniversary of the day Julius Caesar sailed across the English Channel to conquer Britain. The first day in the 14th century when an Englishman stuck two fingers up as an insult. The anniversary of the Rotherham scandal and on the subject of men who are just too interested in macho culture... A man has been arrested in London for climbing up a skyscraper without any safety equipment. This follows an Englishman being arrested in June in South Korea for trying to climb up the fifth tallest building in the world. He was forced to abandon the attempt when he was made to get into a maintenance cradle and arrested on the 73rd floor. Um, da -da 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 -da. Cesare, I wasn't even going to mention that story. It's so horrible. Jane Dobry, Adam Britton, a renowned zoologist who worked for the BBC and National Geographic, where his wife also worked, engaged in sexual acts with dogs and recorded it on video. He also admits possessing child abuse materials. In total, the judge is considering 60 episodes of bestiality, with almost all animals dying in the end pointing to the degree of the abuse. BBC is a great place to work. Sorry, I actually did see that story this morning, um, says Irene. I wasn't going to report it because I just felt it was so grotesque. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's such a disgusting case that the judge had to ask people to leave the court when they were discussing the evidence. Um, it was so distressing and so unpleasant that the judge, this very, very rarely happens, actually had to send certain certain junior members out of the court because it was felt it, it would traumatise people. Um, I can't imagine uh, what... I can't, I can't imagine what was going through that man's mind. It's, it's a horrible case. It's particularly horrible because the dogs he abused for his entertainment were dogs he had so-called rescued. 
he persuaded he'd go onto sites where people were reluctantly have to, having to have their dogs rehomed uh, because of work commitments or a marriage breakup. We you know the things that happen sometimes where a person can't keep their dog. And, you know, he was so lovely and he formed a rapport with them and they, you know, eventually handed over their dogs with no idea that that was what he would, he wanted them for. I just, it's, it's so depraved. Um, yeah. Uh, Kaiser saying, I'm not suggesting the world wars are unimportant. There's a lot of other things that should be studied as well. Um, but then I was the guy who had a se senior thesis on General William Hull and the failure of the Fort Detroit War in 1812. There are a lot of other things. Now, that's my feeling as well, Kaiser. You know, it's not that I don't think the world wars are incredibly important and do des definitely need to be studied and remembered. But as you say, there is so much history. And I do feel that having a sense of the whole story, if you like, is just so important. It is indeed the feast of the American martyrs. Martyrs of North America, pray for us. Um, yes, uh, I, I agree with you. I'm, I think this will be a cause of considerable embarrassment to the BBC, says Ari, but so is Russell Brand and so is Jimmy Savile. And it doesn't seem to have particularly changed the BBC status just at the moment. CRT Irwell. What have I missed? Wow. Way to start the morning. Dog abuse. Mercy. Yes, I, I'm sorry. I th if, if you don't mind, um, I very rarely miss things out that I see on the, the chat room because I think it's, it's, it's an interactive show. That's what we do. And you know, the fact that it happened, you know, it's it is you know, it's, it's out there, it's on the news, it's all over the BBC, it's all over Sky News. I just think some things are so horrible. You know, I just, I, they're beyond, it's beyond my comprehension that anyone would do that. Uh, so, yes, let's just, I'd like to say a little prayer for the people involved in that court case, because it sounds as if it's an extremely harrowing affair. He is going to go to prison for a very, very long time, and he will probably spend most of the rest of his days in isolation. Uh, men who commit acts like that don't tend to have a very good time in prison. Um, uh, SC Iceman is asking, what do you think is the weirdest hobby, the strangest hobby? Um, cave diving, even though I'm certified to do it, is crazy. I don't like it and thought it was ridiculous for me to do just to get advanced diver license. It's really dangerous, isn't it? I mean, I've seen documentaries where people do cave diving it looks incredibly frightening um philip what's this i bet this <laughs> is for those of you who are not signed into the chat room if you're not why not um this is a picture of a young couple in bed um the man looking away from the woman and she's she's thinking i bet he's thinking about other women and he's thinking i wonder if that missing f-35 fell into a time tunnel to the roman empire thank you um, CRTO, well, well, as I entered work, the electronic bulletin board was just as reprehensible. We are in crazy land. Yes, quite. Um, yes, it is dangerous. Yes, SC Iceman. Cave diving is dangerous, not my imagination. Um, Louise saying the War of 1812 era is fascinating. New, New England almost seceded because of that region's opposition to that conflict. Wow. Um, Kaiser saying, did the redneck that found that F-35 get to keep it? If so, does it currently have a Dale Earnhardt number three sticker on it? Um, 
I'm lost as always. I'm not getting the reference. Somebody help me. So, yes, cave diving, I think, is probably on a par with free climbing. Though I have to say the free climbing club at Cambridge did everybody proud when they climbed up the side of a college King's College, no less, the one that, you know, the side of King's College Chapel always gets featured in every postcard and every textbook and tourist guide about Cambridge. It's what most people think of when they think of Cambridge. Well, the Free Climbing Club one night scaled the building and left a traffic cone on top of one of the spikes. Uh, That was great. That was really good. Um, I can forgive them being absolute nutcases just for having done that. Louise is saying, by the 1860s, the damn Yankees were against secession, oddly. Um, John Deere seat, help. Um, Kaiser, it's interesting that no one ever mentions the Hartford Convention, but love to rail away on the South for following their thought experiment to its natural conclusion. NASCAR. Now, Louise, I know what NASCAR is because I watched about it in Top Gear. I, I, this is something, so this is a reference I actually get. NASCAR. Lots of cars. Driving very fast. That's NASCAR, isn't it? Yes. I don't know who Earnhardt is, but since he hit a wall, I'm guessing he was a driver. A very famous driver? Something like that? Yeah. There we are. I'm getting there. Um Just in our last five minutes, here's a question. Some time ago, I was reading the obituaries in a broadsheet newspaper. It's not as morbid as it sounds, actually. Obituaries are quite interesting. You you read about the amazing lives people have led. And there was one that really did jump out at me. And that was a man, um, I'd never heard of him before. His name was John Palmer. He's got the face of a sort of 19th century explorer, you know, the lined, bronzed face, the white beard. He died at 69, and he was an anthropologist. Um, He went out to Argentina when he was a student. He was teaching English and got really fascinated by that part of the world. And he travelled deep into the jungle and came across a tribe who were very little known about and he got really fascinated by their lives the witchy and so he kept going back he eventually returned permanently to this area And he became an advocate because they were struggling with settlers, soy producers, politicians grabbing their land. And he really decided he used his education to champion their cause. He married into the tribe and they had six children. Eventually, he's he's survived by his wife and all his children. And he's been buried in that place which he made his home. And I'm always fascinated by people who do that, who just go to a completely new country, a culture that is absolutely different to their own, and then make it their home. 
you know, learn the language, learn the customs, marry, uh, marry locally and spend the rest of their lives there. And I'm just wondering, there's a quick question before we end. If you could go anywhere in the world, if for whatever reason you had to leave your home, you had to leave your home in your country tomorrow, where would you go? What country or what part of the world may not be a particular country it may be you know a a mountain village you've read about where would you be prepared to go and learn the language learn the customs and really make an effort to settle is there anywhere that really takes your fancy really just sparks your imagination um Oh, okay. All right. Um, Louise is telling me who Earnhardt was. He was number three. Right. Um, Louis, uh, it looks like being a pervert is a requirement to work at the BBC. Well, I mean, he was involved in documentaries. He wasn't on their permanent staff. Um, did anyone know this was going on? Um, the big scandal with someone like Jimmy Savile at the BBC was at the BBC clearly knew what was happening you know he was abusing jimmy savile uh, just to go back a few years he sexually abused children in the bbc dressing rooms you know it was on bbc premises before and after shows involving children that he hosted um so the BBC have come out saying, we didn't know, we didn't know, we did. it was just rumours, you know. But no, nobody really believes that. In the case of what this man was doing with dogs, um, don't know. I actually, I don't know who knew about it. Would you even suspect? I mean, it's just so grotesque. Would you, if you, if you had a suspicion something bad was happening to dogs, I don't know, would you make that imaginative leap? I'm not sure it would even have occurred to me. Um, Cesare is saying you'd go to Russia. Defender is saying I'd go to Spain. Okay. Um, CRTO, well, Savile was evil and connected to the royals, lizard people. Um, he didn't. He was not connected to the royals in that sense. Um, he was. I mean, everyone knew him. He was a national treasure. Um, you could quite as easily say he was connected to the Pope because he got a big award. He got a papal knighthood for his work for charity. In fact, he got numerous Catholic awards. So we have to be very careful about throwing too many stones in that direction because everyone thought he was wonderful. People thought he was this, this incredible force for good. He raised millions for charity. They, they didn't know or chose not to know what else he was doing. Um, Mike, are you there? Buongiorno. Uh, uh, buongiorno, madame. Mm. We, Signora. We, we, je, we, je, ici. Pardon? <laughs> we, yes, I am here. Ici. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. You don't know Very about good. the North American martyrs? Um, we touched upon the, the Hurons and... Um, That's right. The, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't. I don't know them by name. It was. It was one of those. It was one of those periods of history we sort of passed over quite quickly. To answer your question, um, I don't think that the mission. You're talking about the movie with Robert De Niro, yeah. right? With was, uh, oh, yeah, Jeremy he, Irons as the Jesuit. Yeah. Yeah, he was South. Um, uh, that was in South America. 
I right. want to say that wasn't in North America. That was in South America. Okay. Um, uh, wasn't Irons a black robe? He was a Jesuit, um, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. Okay, so that's what they call the so that's what the Indians called the Jesuits. Uh, the the Jesuit priests they called them black robes. Oh, okay, right. Because sure. they would expect to see like a uh, uh, Saint Isaac Yogues and Saint Jean de, de Brebeuf. Um, when they would see them coming, they would identify them because they're cassocks. So in the okay. black robes. Yes, very much different than from on the West Coast where they would expect to see the Franciscans like uh, St. Yanipero Sira come in in their Franciscan habit. Okay, right. So yes, um, and I want to say there are eight North American martyrs, but don't quote me on that. I know there's more than Brebeuf and Yogues. That was in the party because there were there were those that weren't priests that were also martyred by the Huron and by uh, I want to say it was the Iroquois. That I think did that's some what was mentioned. Yeah, yeah, it did some of the martyring. Are, are you, are you teaching this in your uh, to your children in history or in catechism? Um, I, I haven't been teaching it because I don't really know very much about it. And the song I played was not abominable. It was three. Okay. It was three wonderful black ladies who were singing. Uh, do you do you know who wrote that song? No. So the song was written by the dynamic songwriting duo of Jerry Goffin, and you know I want to say it was Carol King, but it may not have been Carol King, but Jerry Goffin. That's an old Goffin King uh, 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 composition. It was the Marvelettes, and I think it was in probably in 62, 61, 62. I was going to really antagonize you and play the Beatles version of it. <laughs> since you hate the Beatles so much, I see I held back. I don't hate the Beatles. This is not my style. <laughs> so um, Caesar, he just put it in the chat room. There are eight. There are eight Jesuits in the Les Martyrs des Canadiens. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a feast day. You know, they have a center here somewhere in, in upstate New York, the, north, uh, the center for where the North American martyrs, um, there are pilgrimages that go in and out of there. Right. Yes. Okay. And um, flying monk pancake is not is is <laughs> it's not Padre Pio or Saint Pio's recipe. I dedicated it to Saint Pio because you know oh, he see. was a flying monk. Okay. You so didn't what's this know got that? to do with pancake? Well, no, I, I know that, and I, I know that story. But I mean, uh, what's that got to do with pancakes? Because they're so light, they fly. The, pa the pancakes I made are so light and fluffy, they can float. I see. Sorry, it's, it's too a, early in the morning. It's a playoff. <laughs> it's too early in the morning. It's it's, it's six twenty here, and it's twelve twenty where you are. Yeah, I've been up since quarter past four. <laughs> Did you get up it's that early? Yes. Um, is, is, because my um, my my children, you know, they, they they have to skate. Oh, okay. So you take them in the morning. Yeah. Yes, they're on the they're on the ice at half past five. Oh, oh, see, I didn't know that. So this is every day? Yep. Practice every makes... Every single day. Well, you know, as they say, practice makes permanent. It certainly does. <laughs> um, in fact, I've got, I'm looking for somebody to fill in for me a bit next week because um, I've got to go to Sheffield for a, a competition with um, Francesca. Ask Joe Clovis. Um, I have, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from Joe. 
I think Joe is all fired up uh, for this whole radio thing. What else have you okay. been talking about? I don't like dumplings, but Maggie does, and she insists that the dumplings must be flat. Right. Okay. I uh, uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine them flat, but then that's probably a lack of imagination on my part. And if you want to know, <laughs> I don't know anything about Jeffrey the Bearded because my only reference to Jeffrey the Bearded is in a talk that Michael Davies gave about um, about that era of, uh, in Catholic history around uh, when um, uh, Savonarola was was being was doing whatever Savonarola was doing, and he mentioned Jeffrey the Bearded. So I don't know who Jeffrey the Bearded was, but you're right. They did they did they they did have a flair for naming these 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 royals, oh, didn't yes. they? They had a sense of humor. And I thought it was, uh, now, now you told me that the, the two-finger salute came from Agincourt. I thought it did. I always thought this it is did. A, ladies and gentlemen, it's a retraction. It's I'm <laughs> retracting. Well, I, I, I was sure that that was when it came in because that was so deci decisive in Agincourt. But apparently it's actually further back than that, that the longbow was first used. But that is why Brits do that. So that's why they stick two fingers up. It's because to remember Agincourt, right? Well, it's well, it's to it was um it was started as a, a gesture of defiance and an insult to the French ah, ah. because <laughs> because you needed those two fingers to pull the string on what? the longbow. Yes. What? So if they were captured, they'd cut the fingers off. Why did the French, uh, the English, and the French hate each other so much? Well, it's belligerent neighbours, isn't it? I mean, you and the Canadians don't get on famously, do you? <laughs> Me and who? I mean, I don't know. Do, do Americans get on desperately well with Canada? Uh, yes. We don't. I mean, yes. we, 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 make, we make fun of them because they're weird and goofy, but mm. <laughs> they're not. Now, the Mexicans, we used to get along with the Mexicans until they stopped being Catholic. Now they're just a right. bunch of socialist drug pimps. So uh, no, we don't get along very well with the uh, with the with the, with the Mexicans any longer. I think I think sadly it's a sort of it's a neighbourly disagreement. Um, it's it's all to do with the Hundred Years' War. Yes, yes. Um, it's interesting though, there because there is a uh, there is a, a region in France, but uh, Bretagne, that mm. is oh, Brittany. Yeah, Brittany, which is largely was settled by uh, some sort of English. Mm. Oh yeah, for, yeah, for, you know, for speak, years. Yeah, yeah, they speak their own language there. Yeah. Now I can't well, you, speak it, you, but Ferdy can. Ferdy's the only is the only person I've ever heard speak uh, Brittany. Am I right in thinking has Ferdy taken on French citizenship? I don't know because I, I saw it would make I sense. I saw something on his, his I saw something on his um on his Facebook which suggested that he was outside some official looking building. It was a selfie outside an official-looking building saying, do I look French now? <laughs> so, now, can you be a dual citizen? Can you be a citizen oh, of yeah. France? Uh, you can. Oh, yeah. I, I've, got, I've, got dual, I've got dual nationality, Maltese-British. Uh, Maltese okay, you can't. Uh, if you use American, you can't do that. Can't you? No, use American. You can't. You can't be a dual citizen. We uh, we we only let you be one kind of citizen here. Uh, and if you're a citizen of California now, the state of California now, if mm -hmm. the law goes through, you're not allowed to leave. And if you do, they're gonna they will fine you and charge you 
your uh, percentage of your average previous annual tax bill for 10 years. Wow. Well, this is to stop the flight because people are fleeing the horror that gruesome Newsome, uh, uh, gruesome Gavin Newsomabad has made out of the beautiful state of California. You, you've been to the U.S. You went to California, didn't you? I did. I went to San Fran. So you've seen uh, the city name for St. Francis of Assisi? Um, San Francisco. Yes, yes, of course, yes. It's, most people don't make that association anymore because California's not Catholic, and most people in California aren't Catholics any longer. But yes, you know, you you, you can chase trace the path of the Franciscans and the Augustinians, um, uh, and uh, the Dominicans up and down the coast of California just by the name of the towns, by the saints who they named the towns after, or the mission. Well, Los not Angeles, towns, missions, presumably. missions, missions. Not uh, that towns, missions. So yes, uh, interesting there. Now what 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 else what what, what else are we? Oh, oh the the love note, yeah. the love note. Yeah. So have you have have you composed one lately? No, I think it's silly. So you <laughs> Well then why did you recognize National Love Note Love Note Love Note Day? Well I think it's sort of a sweet idea, but but it just wouldn't be for me. When I was in school we used to make uh, love notes out of these little paper pieces of the paper. Where, where you you get the four squares and you put your fingers up into the four squares and you can. Oh yes, I know. Um, we, we call those fortune fortune tellers. Yeah, you can, you can write <laughs> you can write the note on the inside of the flap. Yeah. And then you know you you go one patty cake patty cake baker man or whatever and then whatever you stop the person's got to pull the flap up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember those. But they, they you can't put a love to... note on the inside of the flap, Maggie. It's it's a game. That is not. It's not a game. I need to it is okay. a game. I always oh, it is a game. It's a game. <laughs> well, Caesar is saying that he's an American citizen. I think the the rule is if you come from another country and you have citizenship, you can apply for American uh, citizenship. But I believe you can keep your former citizenship. But I don't right. think that you can leave here and go become a... Because I know that uh, Madonna, for example, Johnny Depp, uh, both renounced their U.S. citizen, her, uh, and this is a curse to you and everyone that lives in, 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 in the U.K., so she could become a U.K. citizen, and Depp renounced his U.S. citizenship so he could become a French citizen. Why do, is that because he... Why does he become a French citizen? Because he lives in France. Oh, I see. Okay, fair enough, I suppose. And Madonna is squatting uh, somewhere in England. Really? Yes. Somewhere. I didn't the, even notice. She, we don't move in the same social circles. Uh, you'd be surprised to discover. Yeah, she doesn't make. Uh, she doesn't make news. Any. <laughs> she doesn't make news. She, well, every so often she writes some whinging thing about you know how discriminated against she uh, feels. But uh, oh, good lord! That woman is, is simply detestable. And the fact that she uh, that she uses the Blessed Mother's name in her imagery. Um, mm. uh, to blaspheme, uh, to, to blasphemer. You know these people who are ultimately will will, will have to answer uh, for for the for the things that they do like that. And it's just it's 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 tra tragic, and you wish it didn't happen. So yeah. here in the U.S., big uh, if you follow presidential politics, things are starting to get really juicy, dicey, whatever language you wish to to, to use. 
as it's becoming apparent that the uh, that uh, the upcoming election is going to be uh, there will be at least three major political parties contending for the presidency. Three? I thought you only ever have two, really. No, no, what? No, there's like thirty. But you only okay. see, there's a, the, the, with the big numbers. There's only two. That's the Republic, the Republicans, and the Democrats. Uh, but this time, uh, if the rumors are true, I've been saying that Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the son of of, uh, of, of Bobby Kennedy, that if RFK Jr., uh, the Democrats won't have him, and they're not going to, that he's going to go third party. I thought he was going to go. He might go Green Party, but the Libertarians are saying that he may go Libertarian Party. Um, uh, and the fact that uh, that uh, the uh, the public the public agitation now inside the hierarchy of the Democrat Party, including Hillary Clinton herself, are now agitating that that uh, creepy Joe Biden needs to he, he needs to go. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so they're now uh, to me um, they're going to try and figure out a way to put the governor of California in that position that could lead to another party so at least three parties coming up uh, and that's all the time we have so uh, I will well, yes okay <laughs> we shall right. see you tomorrow uh, yes indeed it is half past the hour it's been my absolute pleasure to bring you the early show all the way from Chile England don't forget to write to me at Fiorella at crusadechannel.com and the chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat I will now leave you with King Dude the Loud Mike Church himself you're listening to the Crusade Channel live talk radio the way it should be